1: And good morning. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today. It is Friday, June 26, 2020. Craig Misch, Joe Pisapia here with you. We've been covering everything for you this week, and we continue to do it here on today's show. Good morning, Joe. How is this
0: Friday treating you? It's going well, man, I got to say. It was a, a good week, at least moving forward good with good week. thoughts. Yeah. It was. Like, for once, I feel like we had a pretty good week here. The weather was great here in New Jersey. My pool was 86 degrees this week. 86 degrees in June in New Jersey—that never happens. Baseball is coming back. I hope it feels good. I'm trying not to get too excited because I feel like every time I get excited about something, it kind of gets shoved back get down. But down. Yeah. a little bit. However, I, I'm I'm enjoying this turn into summer. I'm I'm hopeful. We're talking football. We're talking baseball again. It's starting to feel good about the world, for the most part. I know things in Florida are a little dicey right now, so sure. I just hope you, my friend, are taking proper precautions because I, I I don't want to lose Craig Mish here on this show every day. I need the Craig Mish, so I we hope you're it. taking the precautions. Okay. Yeah,
1: we definitely are here in there. this household. That's for Very sure. Very good. Uh, not, not a lot happening for us. Um. <laughs> so so this week, a lot of the focus was on is baseball coming back, and certainly. We're hoping for that, and on next week's show, we'll have the full rosters for every Major League Baseball team's second version of spring training. That is due on Sunday, so I would imagine that Monday and Tuesday we'll be covering that uh, heavily again, and we'll dive back into the potential of fantasy baseball, and one week from today, essentially, uh, camps are reopening again in Florida, so... Uh, and and also all over the country, I should say, what am I saying? Just Florida? No, it's all over the country.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. it, well in New York been, in, in New all York. fairness, we've been through so many plans, Craig. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to,
1: it's hard to keep up. So uh, so the so the NFL kind of, uh, you know, a little bit in the headlines where I think that you know, a little bit of tempering the expectations for the NFL as well with a little bit of back and forth, we found out early yesterday morning, Joe that the NFL was uh, canceling their Hall of Fame game, which in the grand scheme of things is obviously no big deal whatsoever. But it starts to lead us into the possibility of the preseason being shortened. And then there's this idea about fans maybe, maybe not being at the game. That was up for discussion. And then a report came out late yesterday, Joe, about uh, the first few rows, no matter what, of, of the stadiums of not being filled. Uh, no matter what, even if there are fans allowed, I guess to you know sort of create a bubble around the players while the games are going on. So, I mean, again, that is the one thing that the NFL does have in its pocket that these other teams and other leagues did not is mm. they have the time. Time, but we just don't we just don't know what could change in three months. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it could be fantastic in this country in three months. It could be the opposite in three months. So, I am hopeful that with all of this time to prepare that they're able to work this thing out and get this thing settled. But I'm gonna feel a lot more comfortable having this conversation one month from now, Joe, at the end of July, knowing where they stand, because as of now, it looks like July, late July, at least uh, the 18th or the 28th will be the reporting date.
0: A pound of gold cannot buy an ounce of time. And the NFL has a lot of it right now to get things right. And I'm sure they're going to take a a page out of the WWE book, which uh, what they've done and and some other places like AEW and the wrestling world, they've put up these uh, plexiglass barricades in some spots. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that. It basically looks like a hockey arena set up, you know, where you're just barricading everything off there with a the plexiglass, which makes a ton of sense. Like, why, why wouldn't you try to do that? Let's protect the players. I mean, everyone's there to see the players. If the players get sick, then there's no game. If there's no game, then what are the fans doing there? Um, the other thing that got canceled in all of this as well was the Hall of Fame ceremony as well, which is not surprising at all. Uh, yeah, well, it's going to be postponed. The thing, so. Well, they did. And, and, you know, it's funny because now it happened in football, though. So all the football people who don't care at all about baseball saw this and started going, oh, my God, there's not gonna be a season now. Like, no, you're not going to bring these elderly Hall of Famers who have a myriad of health issues to Canton, Ohio, make them travel and then put them in hotels for a couple nights in order to have a ceremony like this especially when no one can attend it. It was never going to happen. This was just the official word. So anybody who's fooling themselves who thought that everything was just business as usual, because it's not. And hopefully these folks will have their ceremony at some point in time. They'll have their moment. But the risk for your legendary Hall of Fame talent that you would bring out there into the circumstances of what's going on this summer... There was no reason to do that whatsoever. So I am very glad the NFL made this decision. The Hall of Fame game is epically one of the worst preseason games ever because it happened so damn early. Nobody plays in it at all. It's a joke. So yeah, there was no reason to do this. Everything that's unnecessary is going to get trimmed away. And you're gonna see that not just in the NFL, but everything else. Everything that can possibly be trimmed will be trimmed. And anything that gets us to the game the best and safest way possible is what you're going to end up with in the long run. And I think that's the right thing to do as we continue on here through this long, hot summer. But, I mean, Craig, this was a foregone conclusion. This was just an announcement to me. I didn't think anything of this when I saw it. I just kind of rolled my eyes and went, well, duh.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I don't say that because, again, it's the Hall of Fame. And, you know, and the the problem is also with that is it's part of a bigger idea, which is the Hall of Fame brings back the greatest players in the history of the game and a lot of them are elderly and some of them unfortunately are not in great health and it just wouldn't really add up to oh, bring them sense. there but you know I I do think though that some clarity has to come soon with the training camps not for fantasy mm-hmm. but just for reality to get a better understanding how all okay. of that is going to work and what I would also like to see in this country is again we're all looking for unity on a lot of different topics and I understand that but one of them that I think that we have to be in unison on is stadiums allowing fans or not? I, I mean, this thing is just all over the map now. Inevitably, you know, this thing you know usually will work itself out, and, and there probably won't be any fans. And I'm not saying that I. I mean, I would love to see fans at games, but I just don't understand why it's a like a team by team and state by state basis. And you may be saying, "Wow, what are you nuts, Craig? Why? Why shouldn't it be that way?" Well. I mean, shouldn't we just attempt to have this as safe as possible just so we can at least enjoy the games on television? Why risk anything else? It's just baffling to me. Perhaps.
0: Well, also, not to mention, if one place has handled the pandemic better than another, why should—you know, it's it's an advantage, right? If you go into a giant stadium and play, like right now, New York is very low. New Jersey is very low compared to some other places. Now, they kept us a very long time, and I have to say— from what I've seen with my own eyes here, just, you know, being out and about in a limited fashion, the guide, everyone's been very strict about the guidelines and we extended longer than we were told initially. And there was a big harumph collectively. And then everybody just grinned and bared and did it. And now if you look at our curve, as opposed to some other places, it's a very different curve. And it's very difficult to say, well, why do, you know, a team like the Giants or the Jets potentially have a crowd and then you look somewhere else and, you know, a crowd maybe in Florida is not going to be there. And and you go, OK, well, geez, that's kind of an advantage, right, of, of a crowd versus no crowd. Can you have right. that? Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, but it's I would you know,
0: say it's, no.
1: <laughs> like it, my it's is it's, it's interesting. It's interesting that, you know, you don't really understand. I mean, other than money, I don't know what else is being driven toward this. I mean, that has to be it because Churchill well, he Downs also has the
0: product. Like I mean, well, I, no okay, sense. well, like, let me ask you this. Why did Churchill
1: yeah. Downs yesterday? And that's why I want to bring this up. Why did sure. they announce that fans are going to be allowed to go to the Kentucky Derby on September 5th? What is it except I mean, does that is that a fan sport? No. <laughs> on television?
0: I know. I think that's madness, especially when you consider what it is in that tight space where everybody's in that infield area or whatever they call it there. Like that's that's like the worst possible scenario I feel like but uh, what is
1: what, are, what is driving these decisions? I mean, what's it's, it's gotta be decisions. about money and nothing else, right? I, I, mean, I think
0: part of what's driving some of these decisions is out of sight, out of mind. Well, it hasn't hit here, so it can't be real. Well, I was here, I was living through it. I lost a, a friend of mine to this disease. Uh, some other friends of mine that I've had, uh, have had this and gotten over it luckily, but they had quite an ordeal with it. And of course there's uncertainty of how it affects you long-term potentially. So trust me, folks, it's real. But I think it's very difficult for people who are in states where New York, New Jersey, and everything was so hot, and it was crazy in terms of hotspot, and you're somewhere where it's bright and sunny and nothing's going on, and you go, Pff, everything's fine. What are you, crazy? Yeah, that's a problem somewhere else, until it starts to come where you are, and you start to realize that it's real, and I think that— uh, some places are waking up to that. And unfortunately it feels like everybody always has to learn the hard way about these certain things until it's happening to you or it's in your face or as we've learned from you know some recent NFL things until it's on camera <laughs> sometimes, uh, all of a sudden people, I mean, you know, we look at what happened with Ray Rice, let's say for instance, years ago, right? Domestic violence is a problem. It's a two game suspension. What happens? Oh my goodness. We- we've seen the video. It's real to us now. Now we have to change everything, you know, it's, it's, again, we've seen a lot of this going on just in our, you know, everyday life now with, with a lot of the movements going on here of uh, you know, police reform and things like that, that when you see things on camera, it changes you when you see it, when it's visually impacting you, you feel it and it becomes real for you as opposed to just this, this idea that's living in the ether. And I think that's, what's going on here, unfortunately. And when it comes back to sports, I think it's a very difficult question. Some crowds might be available, others might not. Isn't it an advantage? I would say, yes, Craig, it is.
1: Well, it could be, and that's something that they're going to have to work out. By the way, real quick, uh, what's the update with the WWE? I know they're having issues.
0: Well, one of their uh, main commentators came down with uh, COVID. They're obviously down in Florida, and WWE was deemed an essential business and been running this entire time, as has AEW, which is also down in Jacksonville area in Florida, and uh, Renee Young, who happens to be the announcer, is also married to ex-WWE superstar and now current AEW champion. John Moxley, also known as Dean Ambrose. So what's happening obviously is that Florida spike is starting now to impact where it was lower in places like Florida. Now all of a sudden, you know, maybe the reopening too soon and you're seeing these places, these people may not have been being tested as much as they should have, and it's causing some problems and there's a lot of concerns. Some of the wrestlers have gone home. Some of the wrestlers who have small kids are like, I'm not doing this. Some wrestlers like Roman Reigns, who had battled leukemia twice now in his life, He checked out before WrestleMania. He was not a participant at WrestleMania because he said, I'm sorry, my life is more important than anything. I'm a high-risk candidate and I'm not doing it. And luckily, fortunately, no one has given him any crap about it in the company. But at the same time, it's very difficult now because if you're an essential business, you better be testing people and you better be taking care of these essential workers. And if you're not, you potentially have a situation now where maybe you don't have enough people to go and do your TV show. And it's hard because there's TV money and there's contracts. And if you don't fulfill those number of contract dates that you're supposed to do on TV, yeah. those things don't kick in and it becomes a very dicey scenario. So again, this is hitting not just baseball and football. No, it's, it's hitting,
1: hitting everything. In, oh, I it's get hitting it. everything. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, we got a lot to cover here on the show. We got our fantasy sports birthdays and this day in fantasy sports up next, but we are locked and loaded today, folks. Vince Carter retired. We're going to go through his career coming up in a little bit. Some potential news as to who may be designated hitter from a club in the National League. We're going to cover that as well. Gray Albright always joins us on Friday, so he's on the show today. Joe's co-host on Diamond Bets. Matt Stryker is also on our show as well. So we got it all covered for you right here on Sports Grid. We're here with you every day, Monday through Friday from 11 a.m., to 1 p.m. Eastern. And also, don't forget, Joe and I are back here on the weekends too. Our Fantasy Sports Today weekend show airs Saturday morning and Sunday night. So make sure you subscribe and lock into our shows, and especially on demand on YouTube, where you can see us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, talking about everything in the world of sports. We got it for you right here on Sports Grid, and we got a lot more coming up, so don't go away. It is Sports Grid, it is Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Mish, he's Joe Zapia, and we're back right after this.
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: and welcome back it is time for this day in fantasy sports and our fantasy sports birthdays it's our if I'm not mistaken, our final Friday in June, right? I think this is it for, for Fridays in June. We move to July next week, Joe. Very exciting.
0: In the words of Bill Belichick, we're on to July. So to everybody July. get ready. Okay. There's going to be a whole lot of new birthdays to do, a whole lot of days in fantasy sports. Can't I wait. know. You're you're super excited. This is the I segment. Am. Segment two every day. Craig Mish, Joe Pizopia, wishing people happy birthday. And, and you know what? On all these birthdays, did you get any of these people anything? No. You didn't get them anything, did you? That's a
1: fair point. This
0: Not, is
1: even a fair point. Not even a card.
0: Not even a card, Craig. Mm. No. That's okay. It's okay. Maybe July will do a better job of that. We'll try. You know, All right. Especially uh, you're a camp I- suit, by the way, too, aren't you? By like, what? you're a camp. You, could, you said you're going to be going to camp soon. We talked about that yesterday oh, on the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I think if so. You make somebody a gift. Yeah. Funny. You make somebody a gift or something there when you're a camp.
1: Okay, gotcha. All right. So this day in fantasy sports history is really filled with a lot of first picks in the NBA draft. And that's kind of what we're hitting now. NBA season are normally over. Finals end. And then if it goes seven games, it used to go right up until the draft. The finals could end on a Monday. I think the draft would be on a Thursday, interestingly enough. All right. 1991, Larry Johnson, first pick in the NBA draft by the Charlotte Hornets. And we got a lot of draft discussion here today, but Joe, uh, when Larry Johnson came out of school, he was uh, a beast out of UNLV, no Mm -hmm. doubt. His his height was always in question. I remember at UNLV, he was listed at 6'8", and then all of a sudden they said, maybe he's only 6'4", 6'5", but uh, he was an elite player in the NBA for many years, that's for sure.
0: It's very weird when you shrink as you get older. You know, it's a very weird thing. In your early 20s, it happens sometimes, you know, a guy, you know, one day he's six feet tall, the next day he's five, six. It's crazy things happen like that. However, I just want to point out, too, lost in the shuffle of Larry Johnson's brilliant basketball career. It's also one of the great characters in advertising, Grandmama. I loved Grandmama. Him dressing up as the old lady and uh, taking guys to school on the court. Uh, I would like to see more silly commercials like that. I like when people have a sense of humor about themselves as athletes, and he was one of them. I thought that was a really cool character and a fun thing there, and I wish... Uh, Larry Johnson, uh, a good uh, a good day and celebrating his his first overall pick status. By the and way, I, that UNLV team too, that was I, a fun team back in the day. Yes,
1: yeah, Stacey Ogman was on that team. Uh, George Ackles was on that team. Off the top of my head, they had a couple of more. Yes, Greg Anthony was the other one on the UNLV team too. Thank you, Brett. All right, 1994, Kirby Puckett becomes the Minnesota Twins all-time hits leader, passing Rod Carew. 2,088 hits for Kirby Puckett and uh, certainly made his way into the Hall of Fame. Shame that we uh, don't have Kirby around anymore because he was you know, certainly one of the great players in the history of the game, no doubt about that. 1996, the Philadelphia 76ers, who had been in the doldrums for about a decade, End up picking right back out because they draft Georgetown's Allen Iverson with the first pick in the NBA draft, Joe, in 1996, and immediately became one of the most popular players in the game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a very uh, different style player, too. You start to see more of that isolation basketball being played where you get Iverson outside of the court one-on-one and just let him do his thing. He's a prolific shooter, prolific scorer, a great college career as well. Uh, at uh, Georgetown. And look, AI was a character too, man. I mean, where are we without practice? I mean, we're talking about practice. That's, we're still talking about practice after all these years. And he said it like, I don't know, like 20 something years ago, he said that. And it's still entertaining today. Some guys just, you know, whether it's Jim Mora in playoffs or Allen Iverson in practice, sometimes just uh, wonderful moments happen. And uh, uh, AI for me is uh, certainly one of those, I feel like one of those real hip hop basketball players, you know, like he came in with a lot of swagger and the tattoos and the, and the ice and the ears and all the other things, man. And I think that was kind of taking that to that next level kind of stuff that uh, you really felt like this was a different kind of NBA superstar. He wasn't clean cut or anything. He was just AI and uh, he's certainly a very memorable player. That's for damn sure.
1: Yeah, he was. I, I still, uh, you know, the image of him on the Nuggets is tough for me, man. When he was <laughs> on at the end, like, I mean, that's one of the few where I just keep saying to myself, like, it's just, it's hard to remember that happening, but uh, it did with uh, with Iverson. All right, two thousand three. Uh, this is uh, the best draft potentially in the history of the NBA. Mm. Uh, LeBron James with the first overall pick in the draft by the Cleveland Cavaliers. And following LeBron James was Carmelo Anthony. Following Carmelo Anthony was Darko, unfortunately. But then after that, uh, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Now, our producer, Brett Levy, thinks that there are four Hall of Famers in this draft. And I could tell you that I know LeBron James is, and I know Dwayne Wade is. And I think there's a pretty good chance that Chris Bosch gets in the Hall of Fame soon. He didn't get in last year, but I I wasn't aware. I guess Carmelo Anthony's a Hall of Famer, too. I I didn't have him as a lock, but I suppose uh, because of the Basketball Hall of Fame also using college, and he had a great career at Syracuse, too, I think that probably has to be factored in.
0: Yeah, I, I think you probably put it in there. I mean, it's... It's difficult. The The NBA is a different one to understand, and again, you have to look at what the league was when Carmelo played, which is a scorer's league, and he was one of the great scorers in the league, so I guess that all kind of makes sense there. Uh, he's also saying, you know, a couple gold medals. That doesn't hurt as well. Uh, but, How would you yeah. rank
1: those guys that I just gave you?
0: Wait, give me to me again. You have Carmelo, you got LeBron. What were the other Wade ones you and gave? Bosch.
1: Wade and Bosch.
0: Well, LeBron on a, a plateau all of his own, then uh-huh. Wade
1: uh-huh. And uh huh. You know, and then there's a, drop-off.
0: And, there's like a drop-off and then there's a
1: drop off. There's a drop off. LeBron is tier one. Wade is. is tier two by himself. And then there's and then Wade there's there's is Mellow almost
0: tier one a. Like, because I, I think a Wade, I agree. Wade I agree. yeah, I don't, I don't think he's a two. He just happened to be a two. That's to three start. NBA championships. Well, that's what I mean. He was all star perennially. I think he was a superstar in his own right. So I don't. I mean, LeBron is just he, he's legendary. He's Mount it's Rushmore a bit, type right. guy. Yeah,
1: he is. And uh, I think Wayne
0: Wade is lock number one Hall of Fame kind of guy. It's the other two that are in a different. In a different spot, I think both had really, you know, varying difference of good careers. One has a lot of points; the other has a lot more playoff appearances and playoff success. Um, but I would kind of put them there. I, I would, I can imagine both. Hello, gets forwards. in. Yeah, I think so. Don't you think so?
1: I mean, look, I'm not as educated on on the NBA as I am on other things, but I would tell you that if Chris Bosh is not a first ballot Hall of Famer, then neither is Carmelo Anthony. That's that's the only thing that I could tell you because Chris Bosh has had a fantastic career. Uh, was an all-star every year with the Raptors, won two championships with the Heat, and we've seen other players in sports have to retire early due to illness, and why doesn't he get a mulligan for that? I think he should have been in the Hall of Fame last year, but um, he didn't get in on the first try. All right, uh, 2015, I haven't mentioned Prince Fielder's name in a while, so I thought maybe today would be a good day to do it. Of course, his career was also cut short because of injury, but on this day in fantasy sports history, Prince Fielder hit his 300th home run.
0: Yeah, I always enjoyed Prince Fielder. Again, like the big boys at the table on the Diamond Bet show, we actually uh, had our little draft of a softball team when we were, again, starved for some baseball content. We kind of took a page out of Mr. Burns' book in The Simpsons, and we drafted our own softball team. And in the middle of my order was Prince Fielder and Adam Dunn. I don't care if after the game we're going to have to spend a little bit more when we go out. That's fine. After pizza time, when we win, we're all going to go out for lots of pizza. It's going to be a good time. But Prince Fielder, one of these dudes that uh, especially in those years in Milwaukee, man, just incredible power years. Him and Ryan Braun, one of the great duos in baseball at the time, power-wise. Also, I wish the career had been better after he got moved to Detroit. It seems like Things kind of lost steam for him. I know he had some personal issues, too, and some personal things going on. I know there's a messy divorce and some other things. And, then you know, things like that happen sometimes. So, you know what, Prince Fielder, I look back at that career, and I would say a pretty darn good one. Not a Hall of Fame career, but I think a very good player for sure.
1: All right, this day in fantasy sports, birthdays for the 26th of June. And we got a star-studded list for today. Uh, Greg LeMond, all-time cyclist, no question about that. Uh, when you think of cycling, before you thought of Lance Armstrong, it was always Greg LeMond, no question. Uh, 1968 Hall of Famer, now screams and yells on TV a lot. Shannon Sharp, <laughs> born in 1968. If, if for a second, thing, I thought it was
0: me. I, I thought you were saying it if, was my if, birthday. <laughs> if, if that's your thing,
1: that's 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 the show for you. If you like screaming and yelling, those are the shows for you. Well, do you, uh, you, you 19- want
0: to do more screaming and yelling? You and I, we could do that. I'm not. I'm
1: not a big screamer and yeller.
0: No. I think, my, just...
1: I think my point gets across just by by being able to tell people without just saying you gotta be kidding me you, know, me go. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me it's an easy you,
0: way you, to you, once a week you just do that because i like when you do it it's fun Our, um, <laughs>
1: 1974 Derek jeter the ceo of the marlins was born so happy birthday to number two 1976 chad pennington once upon a time great cool probably the last Really good quarterback for the Jets, probably the last really good quarterback for the Miami Dolphins as well, born in 1976. And then the quarterback that uh, sort of transcended the game. It was a while since we had a quarterback that was this athletic that could run up and down the field like Randall Cunningham and then Steve Young. And then, yeah, it was Michael Vick. He was the one that was next. And essentially, Joe Vick uh, had two tales of a career a a career Mm -hmm. with the Atlanta Falcons, a career. Uh, of of having unfortunate incidents with uh, dogs, as everybody knows, and he had to go away for a while on that, and then uh, to come back and be an absolute superstar for a short period of time, but a superstar nonetheless uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. He yep. had a fantastic, I believe, year and a half.
0: It was in, about a year and a half, yeah. yeah. It was a short period of time. Uh, you can wonder what if, but you know, everyone's journey is different. And Michael Vicks is an interesting one. I did watch the two part documentary series on him. If you're interested in that, go check it out. It's very good. The 30 for 30 on him. And you really, you know, kind of see a young man with all the trappings of fame and money and talent who just, you know, wasn't mature enough, but also wanted to do right by people that he thought were his friends and whatnot. And, uh, Unfortunately, he uh, got caught in a bad situation there that he self-imposed on himself. But what I thought was so fascinating that it really does seem like he understood, and 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 this is kind of what we're going back to the other day too about. You know, I'm not big on the whole cancel culture thing. Like people make mistakes, you pay for those mistakes and then try to learn from the mistakes. Otherwise, we're not going to get better as a society. You know, then we're all so worried that no one can make a mistake and to err is human. And Michael Vick, again, from a cultural standpoint, this was something that was kind of in the culture of where he grew up. And then, is it right? No, it's not. And when you educate people on what's right and wrong and you give them a chance and the ability to obviously return to what they like to do and also show you that they are remorseful for it legitimately... I see no reason why people shouldn't get second chance. Now third and fourth and fifth chances, eh, maybe that's where we draw the line. I know Craig Mish gave me a second chance on this show. I mean, I'm very thankful for him. I did have to spend a little time in timeout, but eventually I did come back again to the program, but I'm happy for Michael Vick. He does a lot of things for animal rights too. He goes and he speaks to a lot of different places and a lot of organizations. And I think this he's a good story. He's a good tale of there's somebody who has done wrong, paid his dues for that wrong. Grown, learned, and society as a whole is better off for not canceling him, but for educating him and advancing a better agenda of all of us can do better. Uh, Derek Jeter. Hey, what's more to be said than that? I'll tell you what. Uh, this is a. I've never said this on air, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it right now. I own a Derek Jeter jersey. I do. I. I, I have that much respect for Derek Jeter. This Met fan owns a Derek Jeter jersey. Call me crazy. I just. I just think the captain is the tops, man. I have a lot of respect for a guy who might not have the most talent on his own team, but I don't think anybody outworked or outplayed that guy, and I have utmost respect for that man.
1: No doubt. All right, that's our uh, This Day in Fantasy Sports History and Fantasy Sports birthdays coming up in just a couple of minutes. One of the greats in the NBA calls it quits. We'll look back on the career of Vince Carter. Also, Matt Stryker from our Diamond Bet show is going to join us a little bit later, as well as Gray Albright. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe are back in just a couple of minutes right here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Also, don't forget, make sure you check out our new YouTube channel. It is SportsGrid Radio, with our great shows that are on there, including Scott Wetzel's program, as well as Gabe Morrency, and of course, Scott Farrell going coast to coast. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today, right
0: after this.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: is sports grid get on the grid
1: and welcome back when it's all said and done vince carter ranks up with all of the greats in nba history when you stack up his points his rebounds his assists and his three-point shots he's in the company joe of only a handful of players they include lebron james they include kobe bryant i mean we're (laughs) we're talking about the greatest players in the history of the nba uh, Vince Carter, you know, certainly is going to go down as, uh, as a bona fide Hall of Famer. And it's fun to sort of think and consider all the great years that he had at North Carolina. But uh, in the NBA, he was uh, Rookie of the Year. He was an eight-time All-Star. And, uh, you know, the fun part about him is that he played like the last five years in the NBA as a nomad, just kind of went to different teams mm-hmm. and apparently by most reports was sort of a mentor for a lot of kids.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I'm sure, a sour ending for him. Not the way you want to go out here, obviously, with this very bizarre scenario of what's going on in the NBA. But you know what? I give him credit for walking away now if he just feels he doesn't have anything left in the tank. And uh, we'll see. Maybe he'll unretire next year and latch on with somebody else. We all know stranger stories have happened. We've seen that happen time and time again. Uh, certainly a great career, certainly a Hall of Famer. But I don't know. I I, I struggle with putting him in that same class as all-time great uh, maybe the numbers might stack up that way, but I think you have to, again, consider the era. And this is an era where there's a lot less defense being played and a lot more scoring happening. So I think you have to adjust some of that in your mind. Uh, I would certainly put him in that top 50, I'm sure. I mean, maybe we want to go push him into that top 25. Okay, I'm listening. I want to hear the arguments. But, you know, when I think about all the great players from the 60s and 70s, and then obviously the 80s and 90s, just from the, the Jordan Bulls era of the Ewings and Barclays and Malones and Stocktons, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know about you, Craig, but I never thought of Vince Carter quite in that same vein. I, I almost kind of thought of him in that kind of we were talking about Dwayne Wade, that, that very next tier, very, very good superstar player. Awesome. But I wouldn't call him all-time great necessarily. Is he a player that you consider an all-time great NBA player?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think he's a Hall of Famer and, and doesn't get much better than that. Is is he uh, in the category of the best uh, players like LeBron James of all time and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson? no. But I mean, you consider everything that he accomplished. He was he played in the NBA for 22 years, uh, was traded for uh, his teammate in college, Anton Jameson. I mean, eight all stars, rookie of the year, slam dunk champion. And while he was with the Raptors, Joe, he was the most exciting player in the NBA for a period of time for two or three years. He was now what happened to Vince Carter happens to all players that play like Vince Carter plays is that you get worn down. It happened to Dwayne Wade too. You could only go to that hoop and fall down so many times before it starts to take a toll on your body. And I think it did uh, for Vince Carter, but uh, simply put, I think he's also someone, and we're going to dive into this, that falls a little bit victim to where was he best? Was it with Toronto? Was it with New Jersey? And then the other part of his career and it's you know similar to a Major League Baseball player like Vince Carter played 22 years in the NBA, but he played 17 years in the NBA. I mean, that's essentially at the last five years of his career, he didn't play that much. And he was just an extra guy. And some of those extra numbers uh, by just playing every year, meaningless minutes or some meaningful minutes on not so great teams sort of padded those stats at the end to get him into that category. But it doesn't take anything away, again, from the first 17 years that he played. It's just he really loved being around the game and, and continued to. So, um, But anyway, we could take a look and see. Uh, you know, over the course of his career, he'll, he'll be known for coming up with the Raptors and then was a superstar with the Nets as well. Uh, with the Nets, he played five years, 23 points a game, four assists, five rebounds. With the Raptors, he was an inside player almost exclusively. He played seven years with them, 23 points, 3.9 assists, and 5.2 rebounds a game, and obviously you see the uh, the assists go up significantly when he moves on to play with the New Jersey Nets, goes up about uh, almost an assist per game because he becomes more of a distributor than he was a scorer, but, uh, I, I mean, I guess I'll always think of him as a member of the Raptors. Then again, Joe, you were in New Jersey living there, and, and, and when he mm-hmm. was with East, East Rutherford, so perhaps you associate him more with New Jersey, and by the way, New Jersey's teams were really good hey, when right. he was there too. So, mm. It, that that's a tough one. I I don't know how they do the busts there at the Springfield Hall of Fame and Museum if they would mm. put him with one team. And this is this is like a dead
0: heat for me. I think it's close. It is really close. Um I would imagine Raptors, because I feel like I don't know. I, I always feel like well, you go with the gut instinct there. So my gut always goes Raptors. And maybe it's just because I can't shake the amazing dunk contest moments <laughs> out of my head when I think of Vince Carter. I, I think of the dunks and I think of young Vince Carter and and that's what I think of. But I mean you could say As a successful pro, those years in New Jersey were maybe the best. So, It's a fantastic argument. I don't think you can go wrong either way. My guess is they probably lean Toronto. It's also probably good for the NBA if they do. I'm curious what Brett thinks if he's got a choice in there, but I think I'd lean towards that. I think the Toronto side makes sense to me, but if it was New Jersey, hey, you know, that's the other tricky thing is there's no New Jersey Nets anymore. Now they're the Brooklyn Nets and I don't know how that all works out, Uh, but this is fantasy sports today after all. So I want to play a little game with you. Uh, And By the way, Brett says he grew up a Nets fan, so he's biased already. So we got to throw him out. Okay. you, let's fantasy sports today. Let's play a little draft game. Let's let's live in a bubble. And uh, I'm going to go through some of the players, the best players in NBA history to never win a title. And you tell me on a draft board right now, Craig Mish is going to draft a rant? team if he wants Vince Carter or this guy. So okay. uh, let's start with number one, Carl Malone. You want Carl Malone on your team or Vince Carter? I'll take Carl Malone. Okay. So that's one. Uh, Charles Barkley or Vince I'll Carter? I'll take Barkley.
1: I'll take okay.
0: Barkley. Okay. Uh, Elgin Baylor, number three.
1: Oh, that's a tough one. It's not really my era. I'm three years old when Elgin Baylor's playing. I'll take Elgin Baylor. I would agree
0: with that. John Stockton, number four.
1: I'll take Stockton as
0: well. Okay. How about Steve Nash, number five?
1: I'll take Steve Nash.
0: Okay. How about Allen Iverson, AI, number six?
1: I may put Nash ahead of a few of those guys, by
0: the way. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just running through the running through the numbers here. How about AI, Allen Iverson? Yeah, I'll take Iverson, too. Oh, I think I would take Ironson. Okay, yeah. uh, now you're getting into modern era. This is trickier. Uh, James Harden or Vince Carter? Hmm, Vince Carter. I, I can see that one. Iceman, George Gervin.
1: Again, tough. Not, not my era of basketball. Uh, I'll take Vince Carter.
0: How about Patrick Hewing at number nine?
1: Completely different players there. I don't even know if it's a fair comparison. Well, how would I'll
0: Craig take- Mish want to build a basketball team? I would want the center. Personally. I mean, and
1: I know, but there are no centers essentially now in the NBA. It's like they don't even play with them. Uh, I'll take Ewing, but it's close. I mean, I'm just going based on history, and Ewing did get his team to a couple finals and close on another
0: you know, ago. the rest of the names here are guys like Tracy McGrady, Reggie Miller, Dominique Wilkins. Any of the, those guys ahead of or comparable with Vince Carter in your Dominique
1: mind? Dominique Wilkins is a great comparison. I think that's a fantastic comparison. To, and 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 I think that that's in line with the kind of player that Vince Carter was, too.
0: And Inside, I would take Vince Carter over player. Dominique, personally. Because, again, I think the longevity of how good it's, he it's was. Close. It's close. Yeah.
1: It's close. I mean, Dominique played on some awful teams with it no did. help. It's hard. But I mean, the the thing about that Carter that gets lost is that and again, as great as the beginning of his career was, if you look at his career after New Jersey and Orlando, uh, that he went to Dallas, he was still somewhat of a factor. He wasn't starting games anymore. But the last six years of his career, minutes per game, 16, 16, 24, one year with Memphis, 17, Mm -hmm. 17, 14. That's not points per game, that's minutes, Joe, per game. Like, he literally didn't do anything (laughs) for the the last five years of his career. And, uh, you know, I I mean, the longevity of his career was only extended by him just being an extra guy, essentially. Mm -hmm. And and look, he is, there's no comparison in the kind of player between Udonis Haslam and Vince Carter. I'm not trying to make that comparison. But it almost was at the end, like, he was doing more or less the same stuff, a little bit more, but Udonis Haslam is basically not playing the last five years of his career with the Miami Heat. He's more or less a mentor, and essentially that's kind of where uh, Vince was as well. But it takes nothing away from from his career. Yeah. In sports, we do, I firmly believe, fall victim to the player that played on too many teams because you don't have that one iconic fan base. Like, for example, right. if he stayed in Toronto his whole career – I mean people he would be revered in Toronto but and that's not his fault you know you get traded or you sign as a free agent and you end up leaving uh, everybody can't be named LeBron
0: <laughs> you know, Oh speaking of LeBron I'm glad you brought that up I'm just curious what does LeBron go in the Hall of Fame as
1: Oh Cleveland for sure it's not even Cleveland.
0: Is it Cleveland for sure Oh yeah for sure Okay yeah. I just, just put it out there I just you know I and, mean And I you know why just,
1: he's one of the few guys that it's like they call him and he makes the decision you know it's like it's it's LeBron's decision to make Okay and it, and, and, and yeah, he had some good years with the Heat Joe and he ended up winning two championships, but he came up with Cleveland. Oh, got I know. To a, I, got to I a agree. million finals with Cleveland, won a championship with Cleveland. He's from Ohio. It's it's I agree. I agree. Heat, you know, Heat's, and I'm a Heat guy, but the, I, know, yeah. I mean, it's not even Well, cool. he did
0: win more championships with the Heat. I'm just that's that's why I, I just asked but the question. It. I but that's I figured yeah, as much. No, he's uh a, he's in, a, when you go through the list of names here, too, you know, I had forgotten that Steve Nash never got that title. That was another name of one of those great players that.
1: Steve Nash may have been the best on all. Malone, I got to put ahead of Malone him. and after, Stockton. After and that, Nash, yeah. I don't know. Steve Nash stacks right up with John Stockton, Joe. He is. I, I right don't, there I don't disagree. Stockton. Steve Nash won the MVP of the NBA. I know.
0: <laughs> a tremendous player, Steve and Nash. And
1: again, a guy that went from Phoenix to Dallas
0: to Phoenix. But we have to reckon this at some point Dallas now. To as Phoenix. No. As no. as sports writers and people who, you know, who go out there and have votes for these Halls of Fame and, and, you know, the ex-players, I feel like we have to start reckoning this because this is sports now. Guys play on multiple teams. The Derek Jeters of the world are, you know, that's a bygone era, man. I mean, they are so it few. Is, it's,
1: it's, just hard, it's just hard because now in the day of the internet, you have fan bases that get behind you and potentially right. can help your Hall of Fame candidacy. I firmly believe that happened for Tim Raines in Montreal. Um, unfortunately, the guy that team who doesn't helped even them, exist anymore. <laughs> well, and, and the guy who helped them get into the Hall of Fame is we're never going to hear from him ever again. But um, <laughs> that's a whole other
0: story. That's a whole other- we're, are, we're almost out of time here on this segment. <laughs> yeah, we got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. What? What? Joe, Joe. <laughs> now, listen to me. You know, yeah, we, we could do a lot of that stuff. You know, one day we should just do a segment like that and never say anything no. of, of important. Just just speak in weird platitudes and yell at each other for about 15 minutes. That'd be fun. Just once. Just once. We'll okay, see if Cardano. Well,
1: like. Maybe we'll do it for a weekend edition of the show. Speaking of <laughs> just to, just to let you guys know, I know July 4th holiday is coming up next week and certainly we are going to be here uh, on the third. We'll also have a weekend edition for you on July 4th as well. Uh, Also, as a a quick reminder, later on tonight, make sure you catch Scott Farrell's show. He's coast-to-coast every single night right here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. His show is fantastic. He brings in some great guests both on the TV side and in terms of radio. He's on SP Nation Radio now every single night. You can hear his show as well. Make sure you also catch it at our brand-new YouTube site, which is over at SportsGrid's YouTube. No longer FNTSY Radio. That's what it used to be. That's what we hosted on all last year. We are now SportsGrid on the radio side as well. Coming up. We continue our conversation on baseball and dive into a little bit of football. FanDuel's odds are always changing. What do they have for the World Series in baseball? And is there a possibility the Vikings miss the playoffs in 2020? We'll tell you what FanDuel says about that coming up next. And welcome back with the baseball season set to go off here on July 23rd or the 24th. We have the second spring training set to get underway next week. We'll have all the coverage for you here on Fantasy Sports Today, both from a fantasy point of view, reality point of view, and of course on a wagering point of view. We thought it'd be fun to take a look at FanDuel's odds to win the World Series today, and they actually have a new promotion. If you log on, they've added an odds boost to some of the potential winners, and a lot of them are in the Northeast. But nonetheless, Joe, it's always good to log on to a sports book and see that they're going to give you a little bit better odds than everywhere else. So essentially, that's what FanDuel is doing right now.
0: Yeah, and what's fascinating too is understanding the potential COVID factors of certain places that might be hotter than others and what that might mean to the starts of seasons for certain teams too. And then shortened season. My goodness, you know, just a certain player missing the first two weeks of a season maybe could mean the difference of winning or losing. I mean, look, it all plays out over 162, but I think when we're hyper-focused in the 60 games here, every single inning, every single run, everything matters. And that's why I'm super excited about this baseball season. I'm I'm crossing my fingers and hoping for the best, and uh, at the same time, I think there's potential here for one of the most exciting, crazy baseball seasons you're ever going to get.
1: All right, let's uh, dive in right now and take a look at FanDuel's brand new odds, their odds boost for the World Series champion in 2020. And again, uh, you're getting a little bit better odds than you would have normally if you were just to bet it a week ago or two weeks ago. I don't know how people feel about that, but regardless, here it is. Uh, The Yankees uh, are plus 400 on the FanDuel site. If you bet it with the odds boost, you can get plus 500. So what does that mean? You bet $100, you win 400. You bet $100, you win 500 now in this case. Uh, the Mets, they've moved up and given you a nice little boost here from 11 to 1 to 15 to 1. And uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, they've moved up from 13 to 1 to a total of 18 to 1. So essentially, you're getting a little bit of a, a, a boost there. Uh, look, the Yankees are the odds favorite to win the American League. I still say the Dodgers, Joe, are right up there with them. Mm-hmm. Um any of these have any interest at all? It would seem to me that, you know, I mean, the only, I mean, honestly, it would be the Philly. I'd probably take the Phillies before I would take the Mets, to be honest with you. I would probably. Yeah, I
0: can understand that. But I think the Mets have a better bullpen than the Phillies. And if bullpens are going to enter in to this uh, more readily, especially early on for some teams... I don't know, Craig. Like, there's a part of me that actually thinks the Mets might be a better bet, and I'm saying this as a self-loathing Met fan, trying to put that away and just be an analyst for a minute here, but I look at the back of that uh, bullpen there, and you've got guys like Lugo, you've got Gesellman, the guys who can pitch multiple innings there. That's a huge thing. The Phillies bullpen, not so much. Then Batances potentially along with Diaz at the end. Meanwhile, I'm not even sure exactly how I feel about the closing situation for the Phillies. So if you're going to tax a bullpen, I'd rather be tacking that Mets bullpen. I think that's a much better potential uh, bet there if you're going to bet on a team and what they could potentially do. Now, the Yankees clearly are the way to go. And as you said, the Dodgers as well, because those are two very complete teams. They have good starting pitching. They have an ace at the top, sometimes two or three, if you're the Dodgers, right? Depending on how well price does there, which is a guy, you know, we all talk about Mookie bets, but everybody forgets that David price is it's part of true. that. Deal, too. I, I
1: keep forgetting that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, I mean, uh, hello everybody. David price is the third starter now. And now Julio Urias is a guy that you thought, Oh, maybe you get 120 innings. Eh, eh, you don't have to worry about that. All of a sudden there's no restrictions on him now either. So, This is a very potent potential uh, team there. And you've got guys in the Dodger, uh, you know, uh, bullpen, potentially like the Dustin Mays of the world and the Raw Striplings of the world. Guys who can come in through a couple innings if you need a spot start somewhere. So those kind of teams are built for this kind of 60 game season because they're already so good. They have the chance to dominate. So getting a boost on the Yankees, man, I would take that and run because I hate to beat chalk. But sometimes chalk is right. And I think the Yankees might be right this year because that bullpen is sick.
1: Yeah, well, they they definitely have a really good team. It's, uh, you know, I definitely would, if I have, you know, what's going to be interesting is when FanDuel posts the odds like they do for the Super Bowl to pair two teams together, I definitely mm-hmm. think the right way to go about it is to, you know, take a dart, you know, throw, throw some random team that would have normally had no shot out there because I think – Definitely could happen to at least get to the World Series. I think the White Sox are going to be a team that I'm just going to take a stab at just to see.
0: I can't disagree with that, man.
1: Maybe just take a shot. I mean, who knows? Maybe all of those kids are good at the same time. Maybe they're all bad at the same time. I don't know. And then the other team that uh, that I think that I, that I feel pretty good about in the National League, and it's just because everyone's trying to save their job there, is San Diego. I, I oh, think yeah. If the Padres had a bad year, it's going to cost a lot of people jobs there. I mean, they've been fighting to win for a while now, and it's got to happen now. It's
0: You know, yeah. this is another team, too, especially with the DH. Now, you can start to use guys like Will Myers in that DH spot, lengthen that lineup. Because you look at the lineup right now, it's got Tatis, Fam, Machado uh, at the top of this. And then the four-hole is Eric Hosmer. And no offense to Eric Hosmer, but I don't think he's a guy that you're terrified of in the middle of an order. I don't think Will Myers is that guy either, but if you can get the DH in there and lengthen it a little bit, I think it helps overall. If there's a team that has enough uh, youth to acquire somebody at the deadline, it's the Padres. They have a surplus, especially at shortstop in that organization where you have Tatis already, and you haven't even met already at third base, so the left side of the infield is kind of taken care of. All of a sudden now, you have the Padres in a position where if Paddock pitches well, Garrett Richards is an unknown, didn't pitch at all last year. But again, now you're not asking him for 30 starts. You're asking him for 10 starts, potentially. Uh, Denelson Lemet, Lucchese, I think, is one of the more underrated pitchers. He's going to go out there and give you a quality start almost every time out. There's a potential there for those Padres. And you mentioned the White Sox, man. And the White Sox have a Giolito. They have a true ace, just like the Padres do in Paddock. These are two guys people need to start understanding are legitimate aces right now. And that lineup does not quit. With the White Sox, like that is a team that might just pummel everybody to death. If they go on a hot streak, Craig, I could see them winning games 8-5 and just just out slugging everybody because you look one through nine. I don't know if there's a better lineup in baseball. I'm hard pressed to find one.
1: All right. Well, I mean, you know, also, they, let's not forget they have Keuchel, too, who's a World Series champion and always Keichel seems team. to. Get a lot of ground balls, and that could be a factor. Uh, and what getting-
0: about a factor of bringing Michael Kopech up again? No innings Kopech worries. I like thought that. Reynaldo
1: Lopez pitched well at the end of last year. So, so I, I think some there's some moments
0: Dylan Cease pitched, pitched well at the end of la- yeah, in the he he end of September. Cease had some good moments too. I, yeah. I like White Sox Padres. If you're gonna pick a, I would, I would cartoon, go like yeah. white.
1: I would go like White Sox, Dodgers on yes. one side, and I'd go like Yankees, Padres on the other. Like mix it up to take, you know, the, the uh, just a huge long shot on one yes. side. it's kind of like a horse race where you're taking a.
0: I am sympathetical on that. I think you're. I think you're right. You're, there's going to be chalk in that World Series, and there's probably going to be something wacky. And I think you prepare for it. Yeah, I Maybe mean, last also, year there
1: was something wacky. Nobody had Washington. Yeah, so.
0: I, would, I wouldn't count, I would count out the Astros either. I'm just putting that no, out of there. Of course,
1: yeah. no, of course. I'll because
0: the Astros, I think, are a team that really wants to stick it where the sun don't shine to a lot of people. And Dusty Baker is there for one year to win. <laughs> Whatever he has to do to try to get that ring as a manager, he's going to try. So it would not shock me. Much to the chagrin of baseball, right? After all of this, they come back. And what is the team they've got? What if it's the Astros and they go, oh, <laughs> Major League Baseball has to roll their eyes and grin and bear it. Oh, good right. time. right,
1: let's, uh, let's move from baseball to the NFL. We've been talking about uh, FanDuel's odds to make the playoffs in 2020, and today we're going to cover a team that uh, that is, is pretty interesting, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, right now, let's take a look at it. If you have the Vikings and you want to bet $100, you have to lay 130 on the yes, which you know isn't insurmountable. And, you know, clearly there is some value here on the no. If you bet $100 on the Vikings to not make the playoffs, you get $166 back. Well, why? Because over the last 10 years, the Vikings have made the playoffs basically almost half the time. But the key stat that I think was important to bring up here is that they haven't made the playoffs in back-to-back seasons in a decade, since 2008, 2009. So it's usually been the Vikings are good one year and they're not the next, good one year and not the next. So... You know, I don't know that this is a San Francisco Giants situation in baseball. I don't think that any. I don't. I don't think that you could predict that for any team in the NFL because there's so many injuries involved. But maybe there's some value here on taking the plus one hundred and sixty and and taking a stab at uh, the Vikings not making the playoffs this year, Joe.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I'm looking now because I was trying to think of who were those oh eight oh nine teams and who are some of the names on there. Obviously, it was Adrian Peterson era, but. Gosh, they made it with Gus Farrat, quarterback. Woo. <laughs> I just got a shiver up my spine with that one, trying to remember there. Uh, but it, it is difficult when you look at the Vikings because the one thing that always comes to mind with this team is inconsistency. And that was before you even got into your rant here. When you go look at even the game log of Kirk Cousins, he started the season off so badly last year, people were calling for his head. Then he goes on about an eight to 10 game stretch where he literally, and I mean literally, has the exact same numbers as Russell Wilson, who is being touted as MVP. Then the end of the season happens. And it's like, you just don't know what's going on. And I feel like inconsistency has followed Kirk Cousins forever. And when you add him to this mix here with a division that I think is kind of wide open in some ways, because the Packers, again, I'm not sure exactly who they are. The Bears are fighting for their life, which can be dangerous. I am not very optimistic about it, but they, they could be something there. And the Lions, who I think are going to be a very competitive team. I'll tell you what, man, I I think I lean towards the no, but I'm just going to stay away because the one thing that I always look for is consistency and stuff. And if I see a team with especially a quarterback that's inconsistent, I do not feel good about putting my money one way or another because that's something that already you've built in where, you know, the variance is so great, even, you know, month to month with a team. How can you feel good about? putting them in and putting money on them for a season. And I find that very difficult. I struggle with that. And well, Kirk Cousins, from a fantasy standpoint, still a, a decent enough quarterback, a good QB two and super flex. You can roll with him, but it's very difficult because he has these stretches where you just look and you say, well, my goodness, what's happening here. And then he has stretches where you go, oh my God, look how good he is. And it's just incredibly difficult to figure out. And I don't think we're ever going to have an answer. I think it's just who he is. And unfortunately, your value is tied so much to the quarterback position. So for me, I am running away from anything that has to do with the Vikings making the playoffs. So I'm not sure how you're feeling is this, but I'm, I'm staying away from this one.
1: Yeah. I think that I probably would feel the same way. I don't, I don't know that I feel very strongly one way or the other, but I think it is worth noting when you go back and look at it, that this is a team that hasn't made the postseason back to back years in a decade. And if that's the case, it would make me lean toward uh, going no. And that's why I think that's where the value uh, sits here. But essentially, FanDuel is telling you that it's almost a coin flip. It could go either way, um, a little bit of a lean clearly toward them making the playoffs. And I think it's also sort of an indictment on on the Lions, an indictment on the Bears, and thinking that you know Minnesota could win three out of those four games. We don't know if the Packers are going to be very good this year. Maybe they only win eight games, nine games. If that's the case, then I think that could certainly happen as well. So, um, you know, we'll find out as we go, but some interesting odds for sure over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. All right, so um, let's do this. Uh, We're going to take a quick timeout, but coming up uh, after the break, we're going to hear from our good friend Matt Stryker. And this weekend, uh, Joe, you got the Diamond Bet Show going on with Matt. What's uh, coming up uh, with you and Matt? What are you guys going to talk
0: about? Well, it's six months of talking baseball without baseball and finally, we have baseball. Now, we don't have baseball yet, but we have at least the 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 whiff of baseball, which is a nice thing. So we are finally taking a deep breath and uh, looking optimistic towards the season. We're going to continue to break down the National League West teams, including those Padres that we were just talking about and having a nice discussion. We're going to go a whole segment about them and what these teams look like now in this truncated 60-game season, how some teams are built better than others now for what's been thrust upon them. We're also going to flip some cards. One of the funniest segments you're going to find on TV anywhere, not just SportsGrid, old baseball cards, new jokes. You're going to want to see it. It's a good time, I could tell you that much. But we're going to break it all down for you. And that's Sunday right here on SportsGrid. So we'll get on the grid and you can have some dime bets with myself and Matt Striker.
1: And Matt is coming up next. Joe, we'll have some fun discussion with him, and then I'll be back to talk about the designated hitter in the National League. We'll be back after this, right here on Fantasy Sports Today.